We'd like to thank Audible for sponsoring today's episode of The Truth of Youth. For those of you who've been living under a rock, Audible is the leading provider of spoken word audiobooks and entertainment ranging from bestsellers to newspapers to theater performances and even podcasts. Audible has so much content that if you listen to every Audible title, you'd be listening for more than three centuries, which is kind of crazy. That is unless you dial up your narration speed, which allows you to finish a book even faster than the average read. Hence the reason Audible has come in clutch for our summer reading, allowing us to finish our dreaded books as fast as humanly possible. So what are you waiting for? Sign up today and Audible will give you a free audiobook on them. All you have to do is visit www.audibletrial.com slash truthofyouth and you'll be good to go. Hi guys, it's Max and Izzy and you're listening to the Truth of Youth podcast. We're psyched to be back this week with a brand new episode about conspiracy theories with a very special guest. But before we begin, we just want to give you guys a bit of information about some exciting changes we just made to the show. After taking your feedback into consideration, we've decided to make our episodes a bit shorter, so they will now last around 30 to 35 minutes instead of 40 to 45. We've also decided that our episodes are going to premiere every other Saturday, as we know that a lot of you guys like to listen on the weekends a lot more, because we have a lot more time, too. There are some other changes you'll hear throughout the episode, but the biggest one is our new logo, which obviously you might have seen when you clicked on this episode. We hope you guys like it, and a big thanks to our friend Liz, who commissioned it. Go check her out in the description below if you want to see some of her work. It's really worth your time, and she's so talented. Yeah, I'm so obsessed with it. Like, she did such an amazing job. I couldn't believe it when I first saw it. Anyways, Max, I'm psyched to be back and covering a topic that many of you guys have actually requested for us to do, conspiracy theories. Today, we'll be sharing our thoughts on some of our favorite ones and their context as well. Stay tuned for that and the reveal of our special guest in a bit. At the end of the episode, we'll have a little segment filled with a few voices about their favorite conspiracy theories and what they think about them. All right, Max, should we get into it? Yeah, Izzy, let's do it. So for today's episode, we're not going to have our usual three truth of today questions because instead, each one of us is going to talk about some sort of conspiracy theory, which if you don't know what that is, it's pretty much some sort of controversial explanation as to why something happened and with like some evidence behind it. And it's usually like pretty mind boggling or something. Each one of us, including our special guest, is going to talk about a specific conspiracy, which we know a bit about and introduce its historical context. And then we'll have a little discussion or debate about what we think about it or whether the theory really holds any truth in the context of today. Anyway, we'll stop going on and on and introduce our special guest, our friend Sydney. Hi, Sydney. Hi. So, Sydney, can you tell us a little bit about, I don't know, what you think about conspiracy theories, like, I don't know why it fascinates you, stuff like that? I've always just been interested in conspiracy theories, and I always thought they were just, like, 
very fascinating because there's so many and they're so different. I've always watched Shane Dawson, who's always had these episodes about conspiracy theories, which also turned me on to going and watching documentaries like about conspiracy theories. I've always just been a big fan and I do believe in most of them. So just getting right into it, I think the first theory, which I want to bring to the table, is one that I've low-key been obsessed with for a while. I watched this YouTube video on this channel I subscribe to called Let Me Know, um, and he does a really comprehensive overview of like a lot of mysterious events and the truth about them. And he's the reason I'm talking about this, so I'll leave the link to that video below if you want to check that out. But Anyway, the conspiracy theory which I want to talk about is the lost colony of Roanoke. I don't know if you guys have heard of it. Um, You might learn about it in uh, American history this year. But just to give some exposition, pretty much, I think it was in the uh, late 1500s, uh, Sir Walter Raleigh of England bankrolled a settlement for the shores of Chesapeake Bay in Maryland from Queen Elizabeth after many attempted failures at settling in America, which obviously colonization was going on back then. But when the ship containing like a a little over 100 settlers landed in the New World in July 1587, the captain and the pilot dumped them on Roanoke Island instead, which is still unclear. They just like were supposed to go to Chesapeake Bay, but they ended up going to another island. Uh, The island was reachable through some of the most dangerous waters of the East Coast. And it's also near what would now be the Outer Banks, I believe, in North Carolina. And the native inhabitants had previously been uh, insulted and mistreated by other Englishmen. So it wasn't really the most welcoming location. So there's a lot of speculation around that. But anyway, that's not the conspiracy. What happened was the man Raleigh chose to leave the colony. His name was John White. He was like an artist or an ex- and cho- not really an explorer. He brought his pregnant daughter. And a few weeks after landing, she gave birth to the first English baby born in America. And her name was Virginia Dare. She's kind of famous. Um, And some time after settling, White needed to sail to England to get more supplies because I don't know, they were running out or something. But it wasn't like the colony was like in, I don't know, detrimental times or anything. They just needed more supplies. So he was only supposed to be gone for three months, but he actually ended up being gone for three years because of wars in England. But when he returned after these three years, the settlers were completely gone. But it wasn't like they were slaughtered or anything. The village was like completely deserted, almost like they had gotten up and left the island in the middle of making dinner. And there was absolutely no sign of a struggle, a battle, a foul play at all. The only clues left that gave any hint to the colonists of Roanoke was the word Croatoan carved into a fence post and the letters CRO carved into a tree. And all the buildings had been disassembled, so the people hadn't been really forced to leave in a hurry, if that makes any sense. The colonists were instructed to carve a Maltese cross in a tree if they were compelled to leave against their will or if they were in trouble. But there were no signs of any Maltese crosses found at the site at all. So White assumed with all these clues that the colonists had moved to the nearby Croatoan island, but bad weather prevented he and his men from going to look for them. His men wouldn't go with him to look for the missing colonists and they left the next day. So since the colonists disappeared in 1580, there have been investigations into what had happened at Roanoke. In 1602, Sir Walter Raleigh decided to find out what happened himself, and he hired his own ship and paid sailors' wages so that they would focus on the mission. And they reached Virginia, but a severe storm again forced them to go back to England before they were able to reach Roanoke. And Raleigh was subsequently beheaded for treason by the king because, I don't know, he was like accused of something. So there were a bunch of mysterious circumstances preventing them from going back and investigating. 
and it seemed as there would never be a really definitive answer to the mystery of the disappearances. I don't know if you guys deduced everything of what I said, but it's a little freaky just because like these people vanished out of nowhere and still today they have no idea what happened. So I know that was like kind of a lot to take in. So uh, do you guys have any like questions for me? And then I'll get into the theories and I could like clear it up or whatever. The one thing that I was thinking about is how do we know that they actually existed? Because it seems as if they were just never there. So how do we not know that's just a conspiracy itself? Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, I guess, well, I mean, there have been like a a number of historical accounts by like um, a lot of people who are actually first-person sources for like American history. I mean, there's no question that the colonists left to go to this like place. I don't, I'm pretty sure that they settled in Roanoke just because there's like remains of like settlements there. And actually there are still like people who go to Roanoke Island today and like, you know, they dig up remains or something. Not of actual people. I'm just talking about like of the structures that they built similar to Jamestown and stuff like that. So technically you could be right. Uh, It could be a whole conspiracy in itself. Uh, but they don't know what happened to the actual people. And also uh, someone like Virginia Dare, who was a member of the colony and very, very famous, completely disappeared. So, I mean, I guess technically that could be kind of argued against, but I know what you mean for sure. Uh, Izzy, do you have any questions before I get into the theories? It's definitely like a lengthy storyline, I guess. But yeah, I kind of see what Sydney's saying, like how... There was potentially no people like all together. And then that would be the entire like big question, I guess. But yeah, I'm curious to know like what people think. So there are like two kind of major theories. Well, like kind of two major things that people point out when thinking about this stuff. The first thing is uh, people think that the colonists were absorbed into local Indian populations or captured as slaves. Um, The most popular theory is that the colonists left Roanoke and that they sought shelter with other Indian tribes. And in the early 1600s, like mid 1700s, European colonists claimed to have met gray-eyed natives who claimed to have been descended from white settlers. In 1709, John Lawson in his book, A New Voyage to Carolina, records Croatoans living on Croatoan Island, which again, like that's a callback to the Croatoan inscribed in the fence. That's the only thing that John White found when he came back and saw that they deserted or something. They apparently, in this John Lawson's book, uh, he claimed that there were Croatoans who lived in Croatoan Island that claimed to used to live on Roanoke Island and that they were descended from white ancestors. And Croatoan Island is uh, located just south of Roanoke Island and was the home of the Croatoan Indians. And the settlers also had good relations with them. But... The theory has never been substantiated, and also uh, scientists have tried to trace the lineage back uh, through DNA evidence, but right now there's like no evidence to support that theory. Another thing that uh, people tend to look at is the significance of Croatoan, the word Croatoan, which was inscribed in the fence, and also on the tree it said CRO, which apparently, I don't know, stands for Croatoan. Um... It was found carved into the fence post, but the word is also connected with other mysterious happenings over the centuries. Right before Edgar Allan Poe, which I don't know if you guys remember who that is. He's like a really famous poet. Right before he died, he like disappeared for a little bit. And right before he was, he died and came back to like see people or something like that. One of the last words he said was Croatoan, which is a little cryptic. 
Um, and also his cause of death is unknown with, and his medical records and death certificate are lost too. And it was also mysteriously found in Amelia Earhart, who's um, one of the first famous uh, women aviators in the world. Uh, it was mysteriously found in her journal after she disappeared very mysteriously in 1937. That's also a whole conspiracy theory in itself. So if you guys know about that. Um, there's a bunch of other explanations like plague, cannibalism, the tribes being killed by the Spanish, other stuff like that. But I don't know. Uh, do you guys think that anything, any of that makes sense? It's definitely interesting that big historical figures reference that word. Like if there is evidence to support that, like Edgar Allan Poe said that and Amelia Earhart wrote it. And like both of them, I know especially Amelia Earhart, like I remember reading a book or something about her, like those like who is books in like third grade. And yeah. <laughs> um, at the end, they just kind of were like, yeah, she disappeared and then they couldn't find her. And we were just, I was just like, oh, but like it's kind of interesting how like both of them had weird causes of death and like weird mysteries and the colonists and stuff so it's kind of weird to see that all come together i'm thinking maybe the word croatoan is like has conspiracy of itself like just the word um i think all of this could come together even like the writing of croatoan in in poe's writing and also in amelia Earhart's uh, writing as well I think definitely there could be a conspiracy theory like made just about that word. Like if you bring yeah. everything together. Yeah. And it's also weird and really cryptic because they're like centuries apart. Like the Amelia Earhart's like 1937, but this whole um, like conspiracy about Roanoke took place in like the late 1500s. So it's like, these things keep repeating almost. And like, also I think Edgar Allan Poe lived in like the 1800s. I'm pretty sure. Uh, I don't know when exactly, but I just remember reading his poems in like sixth grade or something and we had to do like analysis on them. But uh, it's just interesting because yeah, like that word, I don't know, like this first thing that jumps to mind is like secret society stuff. Although like, I don't know how far-fetched that is. <laughs> it's possible. Or like weird codes, like maybe the letters stand for something, like a date or some sort of set of numbers that means something, I don't really know. A lot of conspiracies are based on like code, I guess, of things and words and stuff. So yeah, it's all kind of freaky. I mean, I just think that it's possible that the colonists were like absorbed into local native populations, but like, I feel like it would be easy for scientists to like trace that if it happened, just because I know like, for example, I I've done like the ancestry DNA test and stuff like that. Like, I don't know. Uh, it, it's just very like creepy. And also the video uh, that Lemino made, uh, definitely go check it out. Like it's so much like more comprehensive than my explanation. And like, if you're like into like, not horror, cause it's not like horror or anything. It's just like super famous. Like it's, a, it, it's, it's not even necessarily a conspiracy. It's just like a really big American mystery. And yeah, I don't know. It's just like something that I've thought about a little bit in the past few months, just cause that video. So yeah, so Sydney, do you want to introduce your conspiracy theory next? Yes. Um, okay, so mine is about the Titanic ship. This was actually one of the first conspiracies I've ever heard about or really talked about. It's definitely one of my favorites. Um, for those, if you don't know, the Titanic sunk uh, by crashing into an iceberg in the Atlantic Ocean around April 14th, 1912. 
So the Titanic was also claimed to be unsinkable by different magazines and newspapers and even by the shipping company as well. But although it did sink, so it's a little confusing on how that happened because they're saying it's kind of instructable, like how does that happen? So the conspiracy is that many people believe that they swapped out the Titanic with the Olympic ship. The Olympic ship is the first built ship by the company. So it's kind of the lead ship and it did get into a big boat crash. So it had like already vessel problems and just like wasn't as functional as the Titanic. And this caused a lot of economic disaster and the repairs were not able to be covered by insurance, meaning that the shipping company would get no money. And obviously they, they didn't like that. So supposedly the theory is that they built a second ship and gave the name Olympic to that ship. And they used the damaged old ship and put the name Titanic to that. There are a lot of like proof to why people believe this actually happened. Uh, one is that MP, which is part of the word Olympic, was found uh, to be engraved on the original metal panel of the ship after the Titanic letters were rusted off. Also, there were a lot of important people, more than 50 passengers, that canceled right before or even last minute to go on the ship, such as uh, J.P. Morgan, who is kind of known as the Napoleon of Wall Street. Um, he created the General Electric and the U.S. Steel, and uh, supposedly he decided last minute to not go on the ship and decided to stay in his hotel room, which is a little suspicious of why all of a sudden he decided to not go on it. And there's also a novelist named Theodore Dreiser. I don't know how to pronounce his last name, something like that, but his English publisher decided to convince him to go on a less expensive ship right before going on the Titanic, which is also a little suspicious. There are also big differences between the Olympic and the Titanic that people found, such as the Titanic having only 14 portholes and the Olympic had 16. Also on the B deck, uh, the windows on the Titanic were evenly spaced out and on the Olympic, they were unevenly spaced out. And the wheelhouse on the Olympic is curved and the wheelhouse on the Titanic is flat. I mean, there are a lot of, you know, there is a lot of proof of why this could happen, um, why this theory could be correct. But I don't know what you guys think. I think it's super interesting, like especially like the little MP part of the word Olympic was found to be engraved on the original metal panel. Like, I've never heard this theory before, so it's kind of interesting. And I've also never heard of the Olympic before. But in terms of, like, economically, why, I don't know. I don't know if it, if the conspiracy says, like, like they plan to crash the ship or anything like that. But, um, like, it makes, I mean, it makes sense. Um, like, for a, lot, for a lot of economic reasons, Izzy? Yeah, I mean... It definitely, like, I think I heard of the Olympic when I was watching the Titanic for some reason. Like, I feel like it was mentioned or something. Um, But, yeah, the MP thing is kind of weird that that was on the Titanic because that would just be kind of a coincidence if it was just MP and not the middle of the word Olympic. Um, Also, like, I guess, like, the important people that you were talking about, maybe that has to do more of, like, the maybe conspiracy as to like if the crash was 
orchestrated or something um, because those people didn't go on it. Like JP Morgan, like is the name of a bank. Like he's like a really big important figure or was. And yeah, it's kind of interesting that like all of a sudden they just didn't feel like going, I guess. Yeah. The Titanic is pretty crazy. And like, there's all sorts of like studies and stuff done on it that are like super interesting. And yeah. Well, there also were a lot of other conspiracies about the Titanic, meaning like people were like on, like were trying to plan a disaster because they wanted to kill certain rivals or enemies on the boat, such as there is a conspiracy about JP Morgan uh, planning to crash or just destroy the Titanic because he did have three rivals on it. So it is possible. Also, I know like just this is just background knowledge i'm pretty sure just based on what i know but jp morgan was also like i think a very heavy investor into like the steel and metal industries i know like people like um the rockefellers who is also a very rich american family like that's how they made their fortune um i'm pretty sure he invested in that industry and also like most boats back then and also now are made of lots of metals and steel unlike wood which used to be like the customary thing but um i don't know uh that's like how a lot of people got rich. So, you know, if there are flaws in, if you found out like, oh, there's actually a lot of flaws in this ship, like I may as well not go or something like that, even though it was supposed to be the most luxurious ship, like pretty much ever created. I don't know. It's just really interesting just because uh, <laughs> JP Morgan's like such a American like figure. Like he's like the definition of what some people call like the American dream because he didn't come from a super wealthy family, I don't think. Um but he just remained at his hotel room, you said, which is kind of crazy. That's really, that's really crazy. I've never heard of this theory ever. Okay. So after listening to your guys is like, I feel like I definitely want to look at conspiracy theories a bit more. If I'm being honest, like I don't know many off the top of my head. So basically what inspired, like what I'm going to talk about, like I watched one of Shane Dawson's like many videos. I think I even rewatched it because I watched it a while ago. Um, and I thought like the one that stood out to me was the idea of predictive programming and 9-11 and stuff because one, 9-11 was three days ago and two, like it was just really interesting to see. So let me explain it. Okay. So predictive programming is basically the media and like things like that being able to portray like predictions of what can actually like happen and then once you actually once it actually happens in real life like you can actually sort of understand it and adapt to it so the reason why this was a big thing in this setting was because basically um Shane Dawson included like all of these movies and cartoons that portrayed um what actually happened in 9-11 before it happened like in one of the cartoons in the background like there was a subtle twin towers like burning um and it says coming soon and it was from april 2001 so that's like just a few months before 9-11 so it was there basically shane dawson gave a bunch of examples of like some really subtle and some like actual planes crashing into like what looks like the twin towers um and it kind of makes you like speculate like did like what actually happened was it like somewhat orchestrated did people predict it and is that why we were somehow able to like get over it like yeah it was a shock and like it's it's still like really really tragic but 
was it were we able to process it because of like predictive programming and psychologically understanding these things I don't know it's kind of like weird but I know like the Simpsons like I mean I don't know if this is actually a uh example of this but I know like there's a conspiracy theory that the Simpsons predicts like everything like they predicted Trump's presidency they I maybe they predicted 9-11 Sydney I don't know if you know like about that um but if is that an example of that um I actually know this conspiracy I've definitely watched videos on it and I've learned about it um another conspiracy with like along with the 9-11 is that what you were talking about max about the simpsons is that even they predicted the coronavirus it is possible that this theory could actually be correct just because it's kind of weird and like i don't think it's just a coincidence that this stuff happens it's a little weird but then again people could also like such as terrorists could be watching these things and getting ideas from these shows so I think that's yeah. the only reason you could yeah. say this theory is false. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's what is like weird to think about. It's like, well, there's all these like things that foreshadow it coming, but then you have people when it actually happens, like seeing this too. Um, so they could just take inspiration from that. But like some of the, I can link some of them below, but some of the cartoons and like movie clips of like, planes crashing into buildings and like two buildings and it just looked too specific and then he was also showing like all these examples of like how um cartoons and stuff portray like things that actually end up happening in the future like um there was something where this guy went into like a room in a cartoon and they recognized his face and then you have like face id taking inspiration from that and like it's easier like if those sorts of things didn't happen. And I feel like if maybe we didn't see them in like movies and stuff. Like we wouldn't be able to like understand like what, like how does it process our face? How does it, how do people have like microchips implanted in them and they make them do crazy things. Like it's just really weird to think about all those like futuristic things, but yeah. Me and Izzy also talked about uh, this thing on our first Great Debates episode, which is a mini series, like where we talk about, I don't know, just random statements and whether we agree with them or not. And one of the ones was like, should should uh, children TV shows uh, be allowed to have like advertisements, like uh, like general advertisements, like you would see on regular television? And uh, we were just like debating on like whether it was yes or no. And I feel like there could be a conspiracy theory and like how those like advertisements or like stuff on specific shows could shape like, I don't know, uh, like the human like mind or not even the mind, just like, I don't know, someone's perspective. Like if you know what I mean, especially like when your brace is in like a critical development phase, uh, which I think like, I don't, I don't know if you're talking about a predictive, predictive programming. That's what it's called, Izzy. Like, I don't know. It, it, definitely the inspiration thing uh sounds a lot more realistic than the actual like i don't know other theories but i mean yeah some things just sound like so like far from like a coincidence if you know what i'm saying like i I don't know there's just like a supernatural aspect to like some of these things so things like time travel stuff like that i mean i don't know it's it's really bizarre (laughs) Um, what you're talking about with like the advertisement, I know what you mean by like, um, I guess changing people's mindset. I think it also like influences people like 
even like the shows are influencing people. If you think about it, video games nowadays are influencing people. Like, I got to be honest, there's TikTok. yeah, everything, like everything is influencing like young minds, even older minds, like everyone. Um, but I do in a weird way, believe in this theory, think that it is possible that people can predict certain things. Um, yeah. I think like the really, like the really big thing is just like, if like, even though in the moment, like when we might see it, it might be like really subtle. Like for example, a cartoon might have some sort of like nine eleven coming soon in the background. And it's like really subtle. And like, of like nobody, pre- nobody really expected nine eleven. And nobody really, just as nobody really expected like COVID and stuff like that. But like somehow, like psychologically speaking, I feel like if it was like super duper shock, which it was, but like we were still able to adapt to it at the same time because like, I feel like psychologically, like we were sort of like ready for it in some ways. Cause like maybe there's like hints of like in movies and stuff, like you see it and you're like, oh, that probably won't happen. And like, that's not real, but like, it helps us like mentally think about it. I don't know. It's kind of mind boggling. <laughs> it, it feels like it's straight out of a movie. I also see like in one of the pictures that uh, you showed us, Izzy, uh, it, there's like an advertisement for like, I don't know, like osteoarthritis, which I guess is like a, I don't know, boner joint disorder. And it says like on the top, uh, it's, a, it's like an image of like the Twin Towers with the plane coming near it. And the Twin Towers have like these bones on them or like joints on them. Um, and the plane has osteoarthritis labeled on them. And it says, like, everyone thinks their joints are safe and strong until one day osteoarthritis collapses them, which is, like, that's so cryptic. <laughs> like, I don't know. That's And did, did it, like, come up, like, when you were, like, I don't know, like, researching this one that, like, was that advertisement or something like that? I saw it in the video, and then I, like, looked for the picture, a little bit more but like yeah that was like even before the april 2001 cartoon that was like way before it and um yeah that one like really freaked me out because it was like two towers and like an advertisement and then you have like it was just weird i don't know i had like chills when i was watching the video but yeah Okay. Well, thank you so much for coming on with us, Sydney. I really appreciate it. I know this is like, you know, a little bit of a little conversation, um, but I definitely think it was interesting just hearing, you know, I, I mean, just a bunch of different conspiracy theories. Um, we'd love to have you on again in the future to talk about this. Thank you so much. Thank you. So it was so awesome having Sydney on. I mean, her Titanic theory was really mind-boggling and super interesting and like something I could actually believe. But we also wanted to hear from a few of our other friends, some of their favorite conspiracies and why. So here it is. I became interested in conspiracy theories in eighth grade when my favorite YouTuber at the time, Shane Dawson, made a new series about them. My friends and I would always pick out our favorite theories from the video and try to debunk them. As a junior now, I've pretty much grown up reading and learning about conspiracy theories. Two of my favorite theories would have to be the mattress room theory and the Wayfair theory. And the mattress room theory is interesting because there are so many mattress stores very close together for some odd reason. Like how much of a demand is there on a mattress that there needs to be two or three on every block? I doubt that many people are buying mattresses that frequently that there needs to be more than one store just in case they run out. It's, you don't get a mattress every day. People seem to believe that the mattress firm is a front for money laundering, which is an interesting theory. 
I don't think it has been confirmed or denied yet, but it seems accurate that these stores are being used for something other than selling mattresses. There's just no other reason for them to be next to each other on the same street. It's definitely a theory I'm going to continue reading about because it's so crazy. The second one I found interesting was the Wayfair theory, which I learned about recently on TikTok. Basically, Wayfair has been selling furniture and many other items for an unreasonably high price. The items are listed under missing people's names. One, who is going to buy a random item for that much money? And two, why is it listed under an uncommon name that matches a missing person's report? It's not like the names are common in the first place. And why would you even name an item such as a cabinet, a pillow, or a couch with a person's name? It is all very weird and sketchy to me. Um, I'm definitely going to keep reading on because many people believe that human trafficking is going on, which it hasn't been confirmed. I think Wayfair denied it, but I'm not sure. And I think they deleted all the suspicious listings. So yeah, those are two of my favorite conspiracy theories I enjoy. Um, I love a bunch, and I think everyone should read a few conspiracies. My favorite conspiracy theory is the one surrounding the death of Marilyn Monroe. There's a conspiracy debating whether she overdosed on purpose, the U.S. government played a part in it, or was part of the Kennedys. She had a book kept with secrets as part of the conspiracy theory. And I just thought it was really interesting to research because not only was it about the government, but it had to do with one of the most famous people of her time. All right, Max, with that being said, I think that's a fantastic way to finish up this episode. Both yours and Sydney's series literally gave me chills. I mean, they are so crazy to think about. If you guys enjoyed this episode and have any theories that maybe you would want us to talk about, don't hesitate to reach out to us via Instagram DM or the Google Forms in our link tree. Yeah, Izzy, those theories were so crazy, but you know, they're really interesting to discuss because I don't know, it's kind of fun to fantasize about something that's like supernatural once in a while, but I don't know. Um, your theories are really cool. Uh, if you want us to turn this into a mini series, uh, please make sure to, you know, give our podcast a uh, rating and let us know what you think uh, on Apple Podcasts so that we can make the truth of youth even better for you guys. If you have any specific feedback that could be, um, or like episode ideas too, or you want to come on the show for an interview, we have plenty of Google Forms for you guys to do that on our link tree. So check that out for sure. All right, guys, thank you guys so much for listening and we'll see you soon. Bye.